Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. West, and what it brings out that that that's where we're at right now, and we got East and West almost fighting with each other. But the thing that I got to, uh, it just hit my mind that it is made out of clay and iron, and when it gets down to the toes, which is ten toes, which should be the ten common market that will be in control. So think with me, it'll be clay and iron. So what that means, that it will be computer chips into the iron into the, the flesh, because that's what it represents. So they put a little chip in a, in a little monkey and they program his mind to play hockey. And do you know that little monkey took over the game and won with, without never playing ho- uh, hockey? So I'm glad the rapture's coming. Aren't you glad the rapture's coming? Because I don't know if I could see that. Ah, monkey taking over the world. It's good to see every one of you. We had a good time yesterday. I'm even tired over it already. I had so much fun. I haven't seen people in 30, 40 years. People that we reached were here. 30, 40 years. I go, man, alive, don't I know you? Yeah, they knew me. And they said their name. I forgot their names, but I knew. (laughs) You know how it goes after you get a little older. Turn with me to the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and I like to start there. <clears throat> Chapter 10. Out of the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, verse 3. How many have it? Verse 3. Oh, you could have it up there in the screen. The Bible says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for bringing us back to your house. We are so grateful because you are so awesome. Sometimes, Lord, we don't even know what we go through, but you take care of us. And we always come out winning. We always come out understanding what on earth you were doing. I want to thank you now that we are your children. 
We are the light of this world. We are the sand of this world. And Lord, we will take over no matter what anybody says. We will take over. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. Bless the hearers in Jesus' name. Amen. For we walk, for we walk in the flesh, but we do not war after the flesh. Thinking about that, I was in the Philippines and we were having a crusade. And they took me, they, I took a plane to Manila, and then I took another place to, to go and meet the people. I think it was called Mandunao. And I had to catch a jeep from there and travel six hours through the jungle. And I remember praying in that jeep, and as they're taking me, I was younger then, and as they're taking me, there's three of us, plus me, that was four, and they were taking us. And we traveled through that jungle, it was so hot, so humid, that even the driver started falling asleep. And we had to shake him up because he was taking us right into the jungle. So he stopped. And as we stopped, there were soldiers there that were uh, trying to keep the peace because there was a lot of jungle warfare going on. And uh, they would stop us and they'd check us and we would keep going. So as we got there, we settled in. That same night, we had a crusade. There was over 3,000 Filipinos in this jungle. And there, there wasn't, it wasn't chairs. It was like wood things, you know. They're sitting down on wood, but there was about 3,000. And the Filipinos, they don't care if they got a chair or they don't. They'll sit on your ankle, I mean, on your, on your thigh, you know. They'll just sit right there like a baby. And there was a bunch of them like that. And I said, wow, I've never seen the hunger that these people have. And... As I preached and I made the altar call and all these people came up and got, got saved and one of the Filipinos comes running to me and tells me there is a general that just got saved. And he said these words, they were going to shoot all of us because of the jungle warfare they were having. They were going to shoot all of us, but the general got saved. And he's postponed the shooting and then they all came to hear the word of the Lord so we for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for our weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds little did I know that we were pulling down strongholds strongholds of the enemy that hated Christians and God bringing them down to get saved. I don't know about you, but I know that we serve a God that looks after us. He looks after us to take care of us. And if he does that, how much more can we do with the weapons that God's given us? What is one of the weapons that God's given us? God says, I've given you the weapon of power. Now, power is power in the Holy Ghost. One thing is that you get saved and you get converted. And if you've really got saved, you know that something supernatural has taken over your life. And you feel that God took your sins away. You weep, you cry, you go through all the emotions. But you don't realize that that power is inside of you. That power is inside of you and it's called the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you. So that means from the day you get born again, all of a sudden, God begins to put a protection around you. God begins to train you to do war. God brings you up as a soldier. You're no longer just an ordinary individual. You are a soldier in the army of the Lord. 
And when you're and when you're a soldier in the army of the Lord, he starts equipping you and training you on how you can use the weapons. So you can say, my, my brother's demon-possessed, say, I got the weapon of power called prayer. I can tap into my power and say to God, take care of my son, take care of that crazy guy, and I believe that God's going to bring him in, and if my flesh tells me that that will never happen, I bind you, devil, I will protect my mind. God will do what he says he's going to do. Come on, somebody. I know that God is able to accomplish what he needs to accomplish. So we need to learn that the carnal things are just physical things. Because we're so used of doing paying with paying bills with money, getting up in the morning, going to work. We do all those things. But God says the weapons that you have, they're not carnal. They go beyond your flesh. They go beyond your understanding. God can do whatever he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and he will accomplish what he wants to accomplish just for you. He becomes very personal. Very, very personal. Yesterday I was meeting all these people and I said, wow, I didn't even think of all these souls that have gotten saved. I just put my hand to the plow and I started plowing, 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 and I didn't even pay attention. But when I saw the great harvest that I saw yesterday, I said, wow, Lord, you're an amazing God when we obey your word. When we obey your word. But our weapons are not carnal. Tell your neighbor, your weapons are not carnal. We are warring against demons and powers against us. There are so many strategies against you. That's why the reason that you got to use your power is to keep you awake. If you can wake up out of your bed, roll over and start praying and binding and rebuking, then you will be awake. I don't know about you, but sometimes you wake up and you don't pray and everything goes bad. Come on, somebody. But if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you're alert. You're watching everything that's going on and you're telling the devil, oh, no, you're not going to get the best. I got the best this morning and there is no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. It will not prosper. And whatever the devil is attacking you with, it will not prosper. If your family is sick, it will not prosper. If if anything that's going on in your life and the money is shrinking, God says, you're going to prosper. God's going to see you through through the hardest things in your life. Why? Because the weapons that we have are not carnal. Power in prayer can cause a miracle wherever you go. Oh, hallelujah. When you start tapping into that prayer life, knowing that there is power in that prayer life that you have, all of a sudden you start kicking the devil's butt. And you start stirring up a nest. And let me tell you something. When you stir up a nest and you are well dressed, there is nothing that can stop you. I don't care if you weep and you cry and you go through all these emotions. You are dead serious to hit that bullseye. And you're going to hit that bullseye. And the day you hit it, you're going to say, God is a God of miracles. God sent me through the fire, through the water. He sent me through every circumstance because he has this weapon called Prayer. Prayer produces the power that you need to slap yourself when you're going the wrong way. Prayer, prayer has power 
to communicate with the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, that makes you want to do God's will regardless of how hard it gets. Whether you've been married to a, a demon-possessed husband, don't worry about him. You pray for him, that demon-possessed husband will be delivered. If she's possessed, she will be delivered. And if you have piranhas that are going crazy, they will be delivered. You cannot give up because you're a man and a woman that has tapped into prayer. Hallelujah. Sit down for a while, Bishop. <laughs> I know you got it. <laughs> but we need, we need to really stir ourselves up. Because listen to me, we are the temple of God. This church is a place to come to worship where we meet with God. But when you leave this church, you are the temple. You take the Holy Spirit back to your house. You take the blessing into your house. You produce life in your house. And if you ain't got no food, you can ask God and he will produce the food that you need. I know because all my life has been miracles. I think of Stella cooking in a garage with a little tiny stove. She never complained. She made me good meals just with those little burners. She always prayed for the food. She says, bless us. And all the piranhas grew, all six of them. They grew very well. I grew up very well. She was an anointed lady that made everything well. And it was a very excellent lady in doing what she was doing because she cared. But she realized that she could not do it without the presence of God. And she was an educated woman, but could not do it without the presence of God. So tell me, don't pay it. Tell, I'm telling you do not pay attention to your stupid self. Because sometimes we pay attention to ourselves and we destroy what God wants to do. Sometimes we have to kick ourselves out in order to come into the presence of God and experience that power. Experience that power. When you start working it and moving into it, then you start seeing what God can do for you. Right now, I want to pray for somebody that comes to my mind. Can we do that? Yes. So we're, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God. So I want you to close your eyes and I want you to pray for a lady that's in the hospital. I don't know her name now, but I know it's one of our families here. And the enemy was trying to take her out, but I'm not, I'm not going to let him. We're not going to let him. I said, we're not going to let him. And, and if you got somebody in the hospital, we're not going to let him go. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for this lady that has great kids here in this church. I pray in the name of Jesus, a miracle that you will walk into that place. And I demand, Father, in the name of Jesus, a healing. Devil, take your hands off of her in the name of Jesus. Oh, I pray that you will blow life into her. I pray that her lungs will be good. Her kidneys will be good. Her liver will be good. That you will resurrect her from that bed in the name of Jesus. We agree now in the name of Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a clap of it. Come on, come on, give him a loud clap of it. Let the devil know that we will fight back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
Woo! God knows who it is, so you'll probably say, I wanted her name. None of your business. We just prayed for her. I won't give you her name for the sake of elders people. But I know that we're going to hear good news after this service. Casting, come on now. Casting imaginations. How many of you have ever had some weird imaginations that you were not going to make it? That you were not going to see anything good? That everything was going to go wrong? That everything was going to go down the drain and you were going to go down the drain with it? And how many are sitting here today that you prayed and nothing happened? Nothing happened. And you might have felt a little shaking. You might have felt a little thing going on in your life. But hey, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Why? Because you were alert, depending on God, casting down that imagination, grabbing that imagination. Whether it be poverty, whether it be something that you're about to lose, whether you're going to lose a loved one and you grab that imagination and you say, no, I'm bringing it down. I'm casting it down now because my mind is full of the Spirit of God. I have the mind of Christ in me. And because I have the mind of Christ in me, I am believing that my God will supply all of my needs accordingly to his riches and glory. So I cast it down. I bring that imagination down. I bring that moving down. I bring all those thoughts that are there. I bring them down. And I said, no, in the blood of Jesus, nothing is going to happen. And I know sometimes we come to close to certain things taking place. And sometimes the enemy casts fear and all that stuff to sidetrack us. But when you're on that bullseye, there is nothing going to stop you. And you're going to see the miracles of God. I've seen miracles after miracles after miracles from building to building to building. And God has been so good to us and he has never failed. And that's why I'm such a stubborn person because God never fails. Say it with me. God never fails. Say it louder. God never fails. When you walk out of this church, you got to walk out. Hey, I'm casting down every imagination and I understand that nothing, nothing will go wrong in my life. God will take care of me. And he will take care of you. Casting down imaginations. How about the imagination of your body saying, you're aching, you're going through all this stuff. You go, the body tells you, you're going to die tomorrow. You're going to die Sometimes I hear that. I say, devil, shut I woke up praying, shake. I, I shake it off in the name of Jesus. Don't you dare touch my body. Don't you dare even mess with my body. I've been sanctified. I've been covered by the blood. I am going to live and I'm not going to die. I don't need aspirins to get rid of my pain. I can just say, hey, Holy Ghost, come on, touch me. Help me swing. I'll start swinging here and there as I'm pretending I'm boxing, whatever. And I start swinging. I start believing that I am casting down those imaginations that are going to take me to the hospital. I ain't going to no hospital. I will not go see Con Dracula and Frankenstein in our hospitals. So you have to learn how to cast down and do war. Do war. And sometimes you got to have this holy anger. I'm not saying cussing and all that. This, I'm talking about a holy anger that comes upon you when he's trying to steal things from you. 
You have to have this holy anger because if you don't have a holy anger and God activates that anger and it's an anger that is not fleshly, it is an anger that you see the enemy trying to steal everything from you. I will not allow poverty in my house. I will not allow poverty in my mind. I will cast it down in the name of Jesus because there is no weapon formed against me that will prosper. Nothing will prosper against you. So when you come out of the church today, I want you to come out looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, muscles everywhere. You might be skinny on the outside. You might be out of shape, but your inner man looks like a muscle man. You're coming out with power. You look really good inside of you. You're speaking positive words. You've got positive thinking. You've got the word of God inside of you. You've got some fire inside of you. And you're saying, I am going to do what God called me to do. Once you get that place of that balance in your life, you start speaking differently. Because God is not limited to those dumb things that hit our minds. Casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself Against the knowledge of God, against the promises of God. The promises of God, there's a lot of them. Anytime the enemy tries to say something, no, 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 no. Get to the final no. How many of you would ever hear your mom and dad, no, no, no? Okay, no. That's what the enemy needs to hear from you. No. No. You will not rob my children. You will not rob my family. You will rob none of them. No. Whether I see chaos, no. I will not allow you to have any one of them. Yeah, you got to be a bully. You know how you used to be in the neighborhood? You were a bully. They didn't call you bully for nothing. They called you bully because you were... You were a crazy guy. The crazy, demon-possessed guy. <laughs> now you're a little lamb. <laughs> but you're full of power. You still got it. But you're using your forces now to do good. Not to do bad. To do good. Some of you ladies were tough. I know because you could give dirty looks when you want to. And then with your little flappers you got on, that's like daggers, matamoscas. Fleece waters, I call them. I mean, flies waters. So you say no. Some of you ladies are real sweet, but when your husband gets out of line, you always tell him, don't you dare do that. And you guys don't. Nah, I'm going to do it. Don't do that. The more she lifts up her voice, the more you start shaking like a little skeleton. You ain't no boss in the house. You just, you just drive the car, but you're not the car. Come on, somebody. So you have to learn to listen 
Because women always have a blessing inside of them. When they're right before God, they have a blessing inside of them. You know, if you really want to look at a man, just look at his woman. The way he treats his woman is the way he treats himself. If he's selfish, he's just a selfish pig that will never pay attention to you. I'm saying cast down imaginations. Because those are higher than the laws of God. You cannot go there. You have to obey the laws of God. I don't know how I got into that, but it's okay. <laughs> it's against the knowledge of God, bringing down every imagination to the obedience of Christ Jesus. You know when you're doing wrong, don't you? How many know here when you're doing wrong? You know when you're doing wrong, and you know when you're breaking the laws of God. You know when you're breaking them, and you need to stop and bring them under captivity of God and say, I'm going to obey what God wants me to obey and bring them into Christ. Christ can keep everything where it belongs. I got to say this. When a wife is happy, the man has made her happy. When a wife is disappointed, it's because the fool has made her disappointed. Come on, somebody of God. Well, it looks like silence just walked into the house of God. You got to love that woman, man. You got to love that. You're married. You got to love that woman. That woman's the best treasure you will ever have in your entire life. Got to love that lady. So all your imagination, nah, I can train her in. She's no good. Shut up, fool. Bring your imagination back to God. Bring it back to God because you ain't going nowhere that way. So anyway, that's what the Bible says in verse 6, and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Solid, solid little scripture. You got to get mad sometimes. Have you ever gotten mad because those things keep coming back and coming back? and coming back. And you constantly have to face those things that are coming back and coming back. And those devils come and check to see how everything's going. They will come back and check. And if you're, uh, you're there full of God, having readiness and a revenge and all disobedience, now you look at your house and say, wait a minute, I'm checking myself first. And I am bringing myself back to obedience because I've been disobedient. Yes. You want disobedience? You want to be a powerful person? Check yourself. Wasn't there a song like that? Check yourself. Yeah. So I don't know if there was a song that might have. Sounds familiar. So you got to check yourself. How many here check your cars for oil and the lights go on? You, you, you check it. When the, those things are there to, so you won't ruin your car. There, there's some check buttons inside of you that go on and they, they buzz and they tell you. It's the Holy Spirit telling you, don't do that. Don't do that because I want you to be a person that is obeying Christ. Obedience, 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 obedience. Say it with me, obedience. Say it again, obedience. Now say this, I'm going to be obedient in order to see the blessing of God in my life. Obedience. When the devil tells you, stay home from church, obedience, shut up, flesh. I'm taking you to church, I'm dragging you into the house of God. 
It's not convenient, but I'm taking you anyway because you need to get sanctified. Amen. You need to go hear the word of God. Somebody else has to point the finger at you, and that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. He does it through preaching. Through preaching. Right. I was telling the people yesterday about Rudy Tomar. I remember his mom brought him and set him on the second row. And I was preaching. I was young, and I was preaching. I didn't know what was going on. And... and Rudy was mad at his mom, and he said, you told him about me. Everything that he's saying, he's telling You told him everything. And I didn't know what was going on. And then that day, Rudy made the altar call, and then I found out what his mother was saying. What Rudy was saying about his mother. And I laughed because God was turning all the check lights in Rudy's life in order to bring him to a place of repentance. So remember those check lights? They go on called conviction. When you get conviction, the altar is there for what? To bring your sinful, proud self into the altar so that God can do something. This, this, This altar is not to show off. It's not to show off. This altar is here so that you can repent. So when you hear all the check lights go on, you say, man, God's calling me. Then you start saying, I got to obey because God's calling me. God's convicting me. God's making me feel bad. I got to run to that altar. But if you stand there just, I ain't going to do it because, man, everybody's going to look at me. You already disobeyed what God's trying to do. You disobeyed. How can you expect something good to happen when you're disobedient, just hearing the word and not obeying the word? How can you live a life like that? You will never have a breakthrough. You gotta have your breakthrough. It's called obedience. Obedience. When you obey God, the breakthrough comes and the yoke is broken. It's broken up of you. All of a sudden, you start breathing better. You start understanding better. You walk out happy because you left everything on the altar. The altar is not just there. The altar in the Old Testament was something special. When they used to make their altars over there, they used to make them out of stone and dirt. Nothing, nothing beautiful, nothing like that. Because God didn't want you worshiping the altar. He wanted you to worship Him. The altar was just a sign of your sacrifice to that altar. That's what it was. Your sacrifice. Your sacrifice of obedience. Your sacrifice of obedience coming to that altar, kneeling down and weeping and saying, God, oh, forgive me. How many times have I done that? A million times. Do I care who's watching me? I do not care. What I care is obeying the word of God. But if you just look at, oh, I'm so bored. Shut up. Get, repent. It's the honest truth. This altar call, this altar will not change your life. It's your obedience that God will meet and take you to a place you've never been. Never been. Because the altar is everything. It's called obedience. Obedience. Turn around and tell your neighbor, time to obey, neighbor. Some people try uh, to prophesy and they're not even obedient. Let me say it again. Let me say that again. Some people are prophesying to people and not even living right. You know, you're a, you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite because you're not living it and then you're telling everybody to live it when you're not even living it. 
and then you prophesy you're a false prophet. When you're obedient to the word of God and to the laws of God, then I expect you, you should prophesy. But if you're not obeying, shut up. Just shut up. You can be a sweet little thing, shut up. You can be a loud thing, shut up. You can be a loud man, shut up. You can be a kind man, shut up. If you're not obeying, you can't prophesy to me. You'll be cursed. Because you just curse yourself through disobedience. Oh, it's getting holy in here now. It's getting holy. Because you can have all the education, but you never meet up with God. You still do wrong. And God knows about it. I never like to put myself under the bondage of people that I know that are not living right. Never. Never. Because... They're going to mess me up. I'd rather open up this word and say, I've got to obey what God says to obey. Oh, it's getting real quiet here. Hallelujah. Seems like I'm feeding the sheep now. Yeah. So, you and I have to come to a, a full obedience. That's why it says at the end of the scripture, verse 6, when your obedience is fulfilled, your obedience. I'm going to say something right now, but I want you to, your obedience to be fulfilled. Where is your place in God? Is it in disobedience and still loving God? Well, that's nice. But you're losing out on a lot of things that you should have. You should be obedient so that the fullness of Christ can live inside of you. If you're not obedient and you think you could Fool the pastor, fool everybody else. Hey, you don't have to perform before me. God's looking at your heart. That's the one you better fear, not me. I'm just the messenger. When you do that, things begin to change in your life. I've seen people run to the altar crying, and I would say, What's wrong? I've been disobedient. I didn't even know it. I've been doing this. I've been doing it. Really? Wow. Did you get it together with God? Yeah. Okay. Give me a hug, bro. Let's move on in this chapter. Yeah, you can swallow your saliva. You'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. How about when you scheme and connive and do your movidas? Move your, you know, you do your, your dirty little secrets. You're not honoring God with that. You're actually saying to the devil, here, take my whole plate, take my whole life, and feed out of this. And he will eat because he loves disobedience. But when there's obedience, he don't want to eat because the dog knows who's the boss. I thought, I thought that was good. Now, now listen to verse 7, and, and I'm going to, do you look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to, to himself that he is Christ, let him 
of himself think these again, that as he is in Christ, even so are we in Christ. Whoa. It says it right there. As simple as it is, look at yourself. What are you doing with what God has given you? Are you just works or are you a real sacrifice? A real sacrifice. That's, that's hard to swallow. It's hard to swallow. But you know, I I'm, I've, have lived through harsh preaching and it shaped me into a good person because they care for me to bring me into a truth. Even though it scarred me and it hit me and it made me feel weird and made me shake in my chair and make me think, oh, weird, run, what you got to tell No, I allowed it to go ahead. Do whatever you want to do. You, I am the clay, you are the potter. Shake me however you want to. Take this chunk away. Take that chunk away. But shake me. There is nothing wrong with that. Letting God shape you. Let God convict you. Let God do what he wants to do. When he does that, he makes you into a better person. Some of you should have been preaching a long time ago, but you haven't allowed that. Some of you should have been some great missionaries, but you have not allowed that. You have been stopping and stopping the glory of God when God said, it's time now son to get up and do what's right. It's time to get up sister get up and do what's right so that God can accomplish what he has for you. Amen. You're burning yourself yeah. from the blessing. I don't know about you. I want to have everything that God has for me. You got to have a good conscience. Amen. You see your conscience when it's clean, it goes right. When your conscience is not clean, it goes left. And your conscience one of these days, when you appear before God, not me, when you appear before God, God's going to be right there, and then he's going to throw a movie on. Ta-da, Joe Perez, here's your movie. Sister Flaca, this is your movie of your life. And you're, nobody's going to be there, only you and God. And all that movie is going to play out from the birth all the way down until you die. Right there. Your conscience is going to be projecting everything. And you won't be able to say a single word because your conscience gave you up. Yes. How many here have ever violated your conscience? And, it, and you got hurt by violating it. You can take a little breath, okay? Ah, there we go. How many want the blessing of God? Amen. Okay. So you can't go after your outward appearance. If you look at people, they look perfect all the time. But the outward appearance is one thing. It's what's inside of them. You know. Remember that parrot? I told you about that parrot, right? Well, I'm going to say it again. That parrot was wise. He was right there in his little cage, and you know how the parrot walk. There's a yellow nape Amazon. They can learn about 100 and something, 250 words, 300. And this little lady walked in, and she was a little heavy. And the parrot looked at her and looked at her. And then he, the parrot said, you're fat. 
And the lady got mad and looked at him and walked out of the door. She came back the next time and the parents looking at her and look at her. And he says it again. He says, you're fat. And she got mad and she came up to the boss and says, if you don't do something to that darn parrot, I'm going to get it and I'm going to choke it until it's dead. <laughs> now, so the next time, it took her a month to come back and the next time the parrot's there and he's looking at her and looking at her and she's looking at him, looking at him. And the parrot wouldn't say nothing. And she was like, come on, say it. And she got closer to the cage and said, say it. And then he says, you know. <laughs> now, I'm not picking on heavy people. That's not what I'm saying. This is a parrot. This is an illustration. I have nothing to do with that. What I want to say is sometimes a parrot and maybe a dog, they're even wiser than human beings. Why not with all that God has given us, with the conscience that we have, with the speeches that we have, with the kindness that we have, with the hugs that we give each other, why not come clean in your conscience? Why not be honest with yourself and say, you know what? I really need the Lord in my life to correct all these areas because I want to be who God wants me to be. Does it take time? Yes. Does he do it? Yes. Does he put another challenge for you? Yes. But it keeps on going, but it perfects you, matures you. You never will be perfect, but it matures you to be the person that God wants you to be. How many want to be who God wants you to be? Yeah, I do. But it takes a lot of trials, a lot of error, a lot of mistakes. But he does it inside of us. And thank God, come on somebody, thank God for that mercy and all that grace that he pours in us. And, and never stops loving us at all until we allow that mercy to come upon us. Sometimes we just have to let God do the shaping in us and convict us and confess it to him and we become better persons. My wife used to convict me all the time. She used to tell me these words, you better be nice. And I used to tell her, I'm not evil. Oh, you've been evil to me. <laughs> now I was hearing my mirror talk. Mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> Stop talking to me. <laughs> It's time to grow up. Yes. It's time to let Christ be who he wants to be in our lives. Because he loves us. He will put up with us. He does care for us. And he's not going to throw you away until you get to your destination of really wanting God's best. Not things. He wants you. Things are nothing to him. He wants you. Those things will come, but he wants you. The minute he has you, then he can accomplish whatever he wants for you. For you. Mm. So, I remember when I first started my church, I picked up this drug addict named Joe. It was me and Stella and Angel in, in the Volkswagen. And I took him to In-N-Out, and man, 
Stella says, you got any money? I said, I checked. I had some money. So we put our change together. We only had enough for one burger. And I was taking Joe so I could bring him to Christ. He was strung out. I'll never forget that burger. I told Joe, I'm sorry, Joe, but we only have one burger. And he smiled at me. I said, I want to cut it in four pieces. And I cut it in four pieces. And we ate. Joe stood with us, and he became one of the greatest preachers out of that hamburger. That hamburger was anointed. It was anointed because Joe was the best pastor I ever had. He passed away and went to be with the Lord. But he always told me that hamburger is what did it, called kindness. And we prayed for it. Angel was a little girl, cut it in four pieces. I want to tell you that God loves you so much that he wants to give you his best. And it only takes one piece of you to give to him to make you better. Make you better. I want you to stand, wouldn't you? With me, I said funny things, but really when it comes down, it comes down to obedience. I want you just to close your eyes. I can feel his presence. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for all of your people.